You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Focus on the Liturgy. Uh, I am Timothy Johnston with Liturgy Training Publications, and today is a unique day because I'm in the studio and Todd <laughs> is on the phone at home. So, Todd, welcome uh, to to the show today. Thanks, Timothy. Thanks. I know you. I, I know we'll be fine. We've we've done the social distancing uh, remotely uh, broadcasts before, so this will be great. It's good to hear you. That's right. It's good to hear you as well. We are in. Um, the very, very final days of our liturgical year. <laughs> it, this, the, I, I got to, I got to be honest. I do love this time of the year. Um, I, I, I love the readings uh, in, in you know, late October and through November. Um, I love hearing from the prophets, and there's a very specific reason why we hear those readings and these certain prayer texts around this time of the year, because that's. And that's what we're going to talk about today, right? That's right. Uh, you know, as we move in into uh, these final, very, really the final hours of, of this uh, uh, liturgical year, we're moving into the Advent season. Um, I and, know. And all of these readings, as Todd was noting, um, are, are really propelling us in some ways into this Advent season um, as we hear about the, the kingdom of God, those final days, um, which, yeah, we're going to break open today this wonderful, one of my favorite seasons, um, um, Advent. We're going to explore all the various uh, things that we can in our show today. I love Advent as well, Timothy. It's um, uh, next, next to Lent. I, I think it, it's, it's one of my favorites as well. Um, the, just the, the theology and the spirituality of it is, I think, so, so much not what most Catholics think Advent is all about. No, I think that's very true. What would you think that most Catholics uh, think about Advent? I, 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 I think um, uh, waiting, waiting for Jesus to be born, when, in, as we know, I mean, he has already broken into our history. He has already sanctified our, our time by breaking into our world, and, and he has already come, and it was in a very specific moment in history. So I, 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 we don't pretend that Jesus hasn't been born um, and, and that we're waiting for, um, for him to be born in the crash in Bethlehem. I think that's how most Catholics approach Advent. Um, and, and as we'll find out, it's, that, that's, that's certainly a part of it, but it's, it's rather a small part of it. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. I, I think, um, especially especially this year, maybe even much more so, is um, even here around Chicago and in my neighborhood. Uh, you know, I've been seeing earlier and earlier Christmas trees and Christmas lights going up. Um, you know, and and some of that I I get because people are feeling this pandemic and they're wanting. Um, 
you know, some joy and light in their life, which I totally, totally get. But even in non-pandemic years, we we sometimes overshadow what we what we're called to really observe in this season, um, because we get into the hustle and bustle of what we hear so often the holiday season. But the richness of Advent um, calls us uh, to slow down. Uh, and, and to wait. And so we're going to talk um, uh, about all those different different pieces. Uh, you could put it, give a little bit of context to, to all of this. So last Sunday, um, we celebrated the solemnity of Christ, King of all creation, King of the universe. Um, we're literally, as you noted, we're in, in the uh, dead center of the week on Wednesday of the final week of the year. And then this Sunday, yes, it is Advent, but along with that, it's the start of a brand new liturgical year, a brand new year of grace. Yeah, and, and we're going to be starting with this new liturgical year. Well, I think I might have shared this even last year, is we should have a New Year's party in some sense, socially distanced <laughs> and appropriately, of course. But as we start this new liturgical year, we're going to hear um, you know, our, our lectionary cycle changes. So we're going to be moving from lectionary cycle A to lectionary cycle B, which is predominantly um, uh, stories from the Gospel of Mark is what we're going to hear. That's kind of how we we identify those different uh, cycles by the the gospel that is proclaimed throughout that uh, course of the year, and the Gospel of Mark um, is where we're going to be going. So this is a uh, you know which we know a little bit about is the shortest gospel, of course, uh, in in the in the book, but it's the first gospel that was written, right? The oldest. And and he is he, it's the shortest and but in many ways it's the most fierce right <laughs> there's a reason why Mark is depicted as the lion that's right say say more about that why why do you think I, I, I have to be honest I've not heard anybody say it's the most fierce before I like that if you look at if you look at Jesus in um, Mark's account of the gospel he is he he's no nonsense. It's, you know, from the very start, the first words in Mark's Gospel are, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. No, no time to mess around. Um, this, this, this is it. I mean, and, and he's, he's, um, he's often depicted as uh, um, short and curt yeah. in, in Mark's Gospel. Um, not a lot of, not a lot of uh, um, mincing of words in Mark's Gospel. No, definitely not. Uh, short 16 chapters, and I've heard it talked about uh, from from various scripture scholars over the years as it's sort of, uh, Mark has this very long introduction to the passion story. You know, that, that ultimately, because it's so short and terse and he gets to the point. But, right. But one third of the gospel is really that final week of Jesus's life leading up to the passion. So that's why some scholars say, you know, you have all this material, it's really just this real long introduction to get to Mark's point. Um, that that we will endure suffering in our Christian life. Uh, we will endure just as Christ did and and be raised in glory on that final day. Yeah, any suffering that we endure will not, cannot have the last word. Exactly. Uh, if you are baptized into Christ Jesus. And that's, that's, that's the fiercity of Mark. <laughs> That yeah, I love it. So the lion is the is the symbol that that uh, is connected to the Gospel of Mark, and so you might see that in your churches and maybe your stained glass windows or um, in other places. So keep that in mind as we go through this whole next year, um, keeping even as we're struggling with this pandemic, uh, that image of the lion, courage, uh, the fierceness of that, uh, you know, in terms of of what uh, we're invited to contemplate with uh, our life in Christ, that we go forward. 
That's a great point, Timothy. That is a great connection to where we are right now. Um, and we're lucky this year because we will almost have a full four weeks. Not quite, not quite. Almost but we, Yeah, we, we'll have almost a full four weeks of Advent. As we all know, uh, there are four Sundays to Advent, but there's not always the full four weeks. Uh, last, last year, for example, was a bit short. Um, but, but this year, this year it's, as we say, almost, almost full four weeks. Yeah, and I love when there are full four, four full weeks, that's how to say it. Um, yeah, because I think sometimes we get shortchanged, and this really helps us as a Christian community, as families, as, as parish members, even if we're not physically at church, um, to just really enter into the season more deeply. And oh, so, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, and, and some of the things I know we've talked about on the show, and not just with Advent, but with other seasons as well, or just in, in general, are are some of the— uh, themes or or purposes of what we do in this season. And, and three um, uh, came to our mind as, as we were preparing for the show. And one is waiting, and we have expecting and watchful. Yeah. Some really powerful things, which especially during this pandemic, maybe we do step aside from our normal routine. I mean, we have been for months now, right? But, but maybe we're in being invited in a very different way to wait or to practice that waiting differently than we have the last six months, seven months. Um, uh, I, maybe I'm being uh, too pie in the sky kind of a, uh, idea here, but I, I really believe that this season um, can unfold in a very special way for families um, as they really take time to breathe uh, a little bit differently, to pause and to breathe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that whole idea of waiting. Uh, so it, it and, and and we'll talk more about this as we get in more into the show. But it's 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 expect it's waiting, and and if you asked anybody right now, Timothy, what they're waiting for, I think you would hear things like the end of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to return to normal. I'm waiting for the vaccine to come. I'm wait that that it's much of that waiting is centered around where we are, and we can't can't um, uh, help that, and, and nor should we, and we can't um, kind of let it, we, we can't ignore it. But that I, I think that our listeners, even just to explore that aspect of waiting in their lives, can open up Advent in new ways to them. Oh my gosh, yeah, exactly. I was, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, um, you know, I have not seen my family, for example, since last Christmas. And it's been oh my gosh, really a, a struggle, and it's beginning to sort of weigh on me. And just as you were saying that, I was thinking like, oh, that's a moment in a sense, like a Paschal mystery moment, where I can step aside and and I can be sad about that. Like it's okay to to grieve and to be sad about the experience of that, but also contemplate what is this waiting? What is this teaching me about not only my relationship to my family, um, about myself, but how Christ is alive in my life and in the relationships in my life um, because we aren't that connected in, or in, as connected in the same way as we have been. So I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm longing for um, in a very practical, concrete way, like to see my family again, to give them a hug, to um, eat a meal with my nieces and nephews. Um, and, and so in some ways, it's a preparation even for that final day in the kingdom when we were waiting for that final Oh, my feast. gosh. 
that that is exactly Advent. That is exactly <laughs> Advent. And so and so Timothy, in, in in think of it this way: in as much as you are waiting for to see your family again. Um, that's what we as Christians are doing. We, we are waiting to see Christ again. And, and it, it, I always come back to um, an image, because you're exactly right, like we, we are waiting, and we don't wait sort of just in this void, like we, you know, we're living our lives as we do. But for me, Advent is this waiting in joyful hope, that there is hope in the resurrection, obviously. There's hope in that second coming, there's hope, which we'll say more about as we go through the show. But it, it isn't just sort of sitting here, like, twiddling my thumbs. Like, I have an anticipated excitement. Uh, I'm waiting. It's sort of like the dawn, um, you know, it's coming over the horizon and the excitement that you have, if you've ever experienced that in the wilderness even. Um, just as the sun begins to, to rise before the break of day, like, that's the kind of excitement or anticipation um, and, and that feeling of joy that we have during the season, even and that, in a pandemic. And, and that leads into that, that second kind of um, uh, touchstone about Advent that you mentioned earlier, uh, expecting, right? It's expected hope. And, and, and even the documents that uh, talk about the liturgical seasons when they address Advent, they, they use those words, expecting uh, hope, um, uh, you know, joyful, mm -hmm. all of that. And even that first reading, uh, you just as you were saying that, made me think of, like, it, Mark, as you pointed out a little bit earlier, some of the first words in our first reading for Advent, be watchful, be alert. And the, in, the, in the lectionary, those have exclamation marks behind them. Be watchful, <laughs> be alert. There is this really? expectation. This, we're, yeah. we're, we're in this mode. It, it, it's, it's an imperative. It's not, it, right, uh, that the uh, exclamation point. Right. It's, it's, not a, it's not a wish. It's not an invitation. It is an imperative. Be watchful. Be alert. And boy, Expect it. it. And boy, are we ever, I mean, I, I, again, kind of connecting to our experience of, of COVID is we are in many ways being watchful and being alert when we're out and about, you know, making sure we're six feet apart and whatnot. So let's pick it up there when we come back after our break. Sounds good. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. 
If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. A Catholic faith-based education enriches both your mind and your heart. Academic standards are strong, and so is the feeling of community. 96% of our graduates go on to college. If you think a Catholic high school education is for you, keep these dates in mind. Registration is now open for the Catholic High School Entrance Exam, which will take place on Saturday, December 5th. Students should take the exam at the high school they hope to attend next year. For more information, log on to our website, schools.archchicago.org. Catholic Charities Celebration of Giving is underway and we need your help more than ever. Now in its 73rd year, the Celebration of Giving was started by a group of adoptive parents who wanted to buy gifts for children who had not yet been adopted. This wonderful idea spread at Catholic Charities and last year 25,000 gifts were given to people who would otherwise have nothing to open Christmas Day. Our online partners make it easy to donate toys. Gift cards are so appreciated by teenagers too. Gather your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors and join this huge, awesome outpouring of kindness that is filled with the spirit of Christmas. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net slash celebration or call 312-655-7401. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Catholic Chicago, Focus on the Liturgy, WNDZ, 750 AM. I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications. And I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. Todd, we've been uh, talking about um, Advent, this great season um, in our first uh, half of the show or this first segment, where we we just really kind of begin to introduce that we're moving into this wonderful season of waiting and joyful hope. Um, we're looking at the Gospel of Mark over the course of, of uh, these this next liturgical year, um, and we're blessed to have almost four full weeks of the season. So all of those things that we were talking about really uh, the the idea the 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 uh, spirituality of waiting, um, expectant hope, uh, being watchful as the gospel for this Sunday uh, mm-hmm. uh, impels us to do, right? All of that, I think you start to make some connections when you look at how the season of Advent is structured, how it how it's it's set up. Um, you, you we've we've already said we've got almost <clears throat> uh, four full weeks. and and at the very start of the show, Timothy, I just made note that I think for most Catholics, uh, they think that um, uh, Advent is about uh, waiting for Christ to be born in Bethlehem. But we don't even begin to hear those kinds of images until the second half of Advent. The, The whole first half of Advent has nothing to do with Bethlehem. It has nothing to do with the birth of, of, of Christ. It has, it, it has none of that. It's, it's, it's all completely focused. The first two weeks are focused on one thing, right? And that one thing is? The second coming of Christ, those, that yeah. end time, what we call the eschaton. 
oh my gosh, yeah. and, and 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 I think that that could shock a lot of Catholics. What do you mean? Yeah, the whole first half of Advent is focused on the end of the world as we know it, the end of time, the the return of Christ in glory, and and maybe just a a, a few comments, Timothy, about you know what is what is a, a genuine Catholic sense of the end of time. It's, 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 again, I think it's much different than most people think. Oh, I would definitely uh, think about that. It's something we don't really talk about in that sense. But for us, uh, I mean, there's, gosh, our documents kind of lay this out in a whole different, different ways. But one of the things in the images I always like to go back to, um, and, and Pope John Paul II talked about this in Dies Domini a, a little bit, that eighth day, um, you know, yes. that, that sort of image of the eighth day is when all creation will be fulfilled, completely, totally, utterly renewed and, and, and fulfilled in, in how God designed it to be. Um, that's the second coming. It, 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 I mean, it, it may be niceties uh, of that, um, but it's, it is when Christ comes in his glory and will forever reign. Um, and yeah, everyone will, will give praise and thanksgiving and bow in adoration. I like what you said. It, 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 uh, the Catholic understanding of the end of time is that Christ will return and will fully establish what God the Father has promised since the very beginning. Um, you, you, you read it in John's, in John's first letter, uh, right? He says, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more illness, there will be no more suffering, there will be no more tears, there will be no, no more death on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. That's, that's nothing to fear. Yes, there will be judgment, but, uh, but, but in, in that, there is the reestablishment of Eden, what God intended for us from the beginning. As you said, reigning in glory forever with, with his Son. That's a Catholic sense of the end times. And again, it ties beautifully back into what we said before the break in terms of that first reading, that be watchful, be alert. Remember, and this is even true in, in, in Paul's writings, when we look at, um, well, many of, of the different letters, that early Christian community thought this was going to happen sooner rather than later. In and their so, lifetime. They it, thought Christ would return in their lifetime. Yeah. So when, when Mark writes or when Paul, any time they're saying, be ready, be attentive, like it is like, yes, be on your toes now because it could be tomorrow. It could be in, a, in three days or whatever. And, and so here we are all these centuries later, and the message remains the same. And not, oh my gosh, not, not to yeah. be sort of dour or scary in that, but this is what we as a Christian people, like that's the joyful hope. Like we are waiting for this coming. And, and we're living our life in this place and this time to build the kingdom um, and to continue to, to foster that and to bolster it so that at the coming, we are ready. And that's what we've oh heard, heard those last Sundays, right, in, in ordinary yeah. time um, with the ten virgins and, and such. I, I love that point that, that, that you just made. And, and I know I've said this before on the show, but, um, you, you know, an Advent, this is the heart of Advent, you know. Part of being a Christian means to pray for the end of the world, means to pray for the return of Christ. It, 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 it means, I mean, that, that's part of, we, we, we say that every 
time, you know, every day, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I mean, so part of being Christian means to to pray for Christ to return. And 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 here's what I, I know I've said on this on the show before, but it, it bears repeating. I think Timothy, what if every single one of us, what if every Catholic, the very first thing they thought of upon waking in the morning was, oh please, Lord, let it be today. Please let him return today. Please, you know, please let Christ come back today. If, if, if that was the thought, if that was the prayer of every Catholic, first thing in the morning, you cannot tell me that the kingdom would not be more close to being complete. You can't. Can you imagine how, how, how you know, how you would live? How would you live that day if that was your first thought of the day? Do you think you'd be as cross? with others as you might normally be? Do you think you'd pass that beggar by on the street without, without uh, maybe offering something? Do you think you'd, do you think you'd, you know, if, if we lived every day like that, that's what Advent is about. Yeah, it definitely would, would frame our days very differently, but it also is a challenge. I mean, boy, um, to get up like that every morning confronts the reality of, of self, like my sinfulness. I'm, yeah. I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm not ready. So I don't come today. I need, I'm not ready. I haven't, (laughs) but boy, but but exactly what you're saying is that's, that is the attitude. If, if we begin to live in that, which is not easy, we begin to live our lives very differently. Um, And that doesn't mean we're not going to falter at different times or make missteps or whatnot. But, and as you were saying that, Todd, I was thinking about morning prayer and evening prayer. Yeah. Even the rhythm of that helps train us for that. With the rising of the sun and its setting, we rise with Christ in the morning and we think about that coming, that new day, that new dawn. And in the evening, as the sun sets, we give thanks for that day that we've lived and hopefully uh, recollect in maybe the ways that we haven't lived as Christian disciples and hope for the new dawn. It's the second line of the gospel that we'll hear this Sunday. We, 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 you know, we've already cited the be watchful, be alert, but look at the next line. You do not know when the time yeah. will come. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's, it calls us to be constantly vigilant. And, and again, that is the spirituality of the Advent season. There's your theology oh. of the Advent season. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it sort of... Uh... Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if this is the right way to say it. It sort of starts where we ended in some ways. Um, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm not sure if we have time to to begin this before the next break, Timothy. But you see that no clearer than in this transition from year A into year B. You, you, you that 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 seamless move from one year into the next, I think, is most evident in this situation this year. Uh, as we move from from year A into year B, yeah, say say a little more about that. So look at look at what what was the gospel last Sunday, uh, the last Sunday of the current liturgical year. It, it has with the sheep and the goats. Yeah, right. And 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 it, it's that it's that uh, that that powerful image of uh, Christ saying, "When the Son of Man comes back, 
so, so that's that's the last that was last Sunday. Yeah. It's the last Sunday of the year, and it and it what's it focusing on? When the Son of Man comes back in glory, and all the angels with him, he'll sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be assembled before him, and he'll separate them. And the sheep he will put on his right, and the goats on his left. And he'll say to those on his right. You fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You gave me a drink when I was thirsty. Come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the beginning of time. With those deeds that you have done, come and sit at my right. Then, that was last Sunday's gospel. Then, Timothy, look at what the opening collect is for this coming Sunday. The very first prayer of this brand new liturgical year, the very first prayer that is voiced in the season of Advent, here's that prayer. Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that gathered at his right hand they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Timothy, it it is literally a seamless move from one year into this next year. The gospel is echoed. Last Sunday's gospel is echoed in the opening prayer this coming Sunday. Yeah, I love that. Let's pick it up there when we come back from our break, um, because there's something exciting uh, about that and how the whole year unfolds. You're listening to Focus on the Liturgy. Charities staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, Trusted Research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. A Catholic faith-based education enriches both your mind and your heart. Academic standards are strong, and so is the feeling of community. 96% of our graduates go on to college. If you think a Catholic high school education is for you, keep these dates in mind. Registration is now open for the Catholic High School Entrance Exam, which will take place on Saturday, December 5th. Students should take the exam at the high school they hope to attend next year. For more information, log on to our website, schools.archchicago.org. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM 
The Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back, everyone, to Focus on the Liturgy. I am Timothy Johnston. And I'm Todd Williamson. And we have been talking today about the season of Advent, and before our, our last break, we were just beginning to dive in a little bit more into some of the Scripture, and Todd shared a beautiful collect that really highlighted the transition from um, the end of ordinary time into Advent, especially cycle uh, B readings with the Gospel of Mark here. And Todd, one of the things that, as you were saying and sharing that, that came to my mind was uh, because that gospel is so, the, the gospel for Christ the King um, is so powerful in, in looking at how we go into the world as disciples. But what I began to think about was we get a chance now to start this over, this contemplation of the Paschal mystery with the beginning of Advent. And what we're doing now in this season as we look um, as we prepare not only for the coming of Christ um, at the end of time, and certainly the the nativity itself, but over the next whole liturgical year, we're going to be unpacking and unfolding or um, all the different aspects of this to once again come back to Christ the King, where we're because we're always moving and looking to what we've we talked about in that last segment. We get up in yep. the morning and we're praying about that end time. And well, Timothy, that the, the, you, you, and and the, you see that reflected in all of the texts throughout, right? So even if you look at um, uh, if you look at the opening prayer for Mass on Monday, the first week of Advent, and you hear the exact same kinds of things, keep us alert. We pray, O Lord our God, as we await the advent of Christ, your Son so that when he comes and knocks, he may find us watchful in prayer and exalted in his praise. I mean, <laughs> it gives us that throughout the whole season. I often wonder, and this kind of came to me in that, even that last segment, um, when whether we're at daily Mass or Sunday Mass, how attentive the assembly is to not only the collect prayer and the, the readings from the lectionary in order, like, and maybe I'm being uh, too cynical. Um, I, I just wonder if we're really paying attention sometimes to what is being prayed because it's, it's telling us what we're supposed to be f being listening to and, and doing in this season. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe that would be one of our invitations this season is listen differently um, to the collect, listen differently to the readings because we we've heard these readings before, right? Um, right? And we've heard these collects before, but maybe this year, in this different way of waiting, we need to enter into them a little bit differently. Yeah, the, as you mentioned, along with the scriptures, the one thing about uh, year B is um, you know we we hear almost four weeks of uh, Isaiah. Um, and, you know, three out of the four Sundays of Advent in this cycle are, are Isaiah. And Isaiah is the Advent prophet, right? <laughs> he, is, he is literally the Advent 
image. Yeah, Isaiah, you can't get any better than Isaiah. I, I uh, definitely love some good Isaiah. Uh, and how many times people will hear in the readings of uh, Advent on the Sundays, um, uh, the, the prophet talk about that day, that, capital yeah. T, capital D, right? The day of the Lord, the day of the Lord's return. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love this. Uh, it, even in that second Sunday, uh, it, it's kind of connected to what you're saying, is uh, towards the end of that Isaiah reading, go up onto a high mountain Zion, herald of glad tidings, cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. That part of what we're doing as a Christian community is we're proclaiming that day. We're helping the rest of the world come to understand or to have some uh, uh, awareness of the coming of the Lord. And and just as Zion, I mean, uh, I don't know, I love that, the imagery, um, certainly in Isaiah, in, in so many ways. Oh my gosh, yeah. And the second readings, the second readings throughout the Advent season, they, 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 they speak of what, you, what we were talking about earlier, Christian hope, as we wait, as we wait yeah. for the Lord, you know, for that day, what the prophets called that day. And, and even, even in the Psalms, it, it, it uh, captures that same sentiment, that same image. You know, again, the second week, the response, Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Um, it, it is connected, well, in my opinion, it connects to all the readings during Advent. And in many ways, you can make those connections that make us see you, help us turn to you. Um, what's the? Oh, I love that. Show us your face. Yeah. Oh, Lord, show us your face. Please come back. Show us your face. <laughs> yeah, and that's from the first week, right? That that yeah. let us see. Your, uh, ah, I just there's so so many so many connections, um, in that. So and, and like you said, we we always say it. We pray what we believe, and right. if we if we were just attentive to these words and these of text in scripture, they they just can open up our experience of the Advent season in so many different ways. Yeah, it, it, and that's why I say stop, pause, and hear things a little bit differently um, this season, because there's so many, many rich images. And just choose one of them and, and reflect on it, because that's going to fill you in ways that you probably can't even imagine. Yeah. And this whole, then this whole sense of being watchful, waiting for the Lord's return. If you look, if you look at the season of Advent, halfway through, yeah. it, it, it starts to, it start, it starts to shift a little bit, and we focus not on the coming at the end of time, but remembering the first coming in Bethlehem. So um, we didn't say that there is no Bethlehem in Advent. We just said that right. it's not the focus. <laughs> That most people think it is right. Right, so it's that right. whole second half. Yeah. So, so just to recap, uh, as we move into that, is that those first two Sundays, first two weeks of the Advent season, the readings and the collect collects really highlight what we're doing. We're looking and, and reflecting and praying about that second coming, the end times. And then that third and fourth week, uh, that Sunday and then the weeks following, we really move more into that immediate uh, moment of the Nativity, where we're recalling what happened in history, but also recalling how Christ is born in our own heart now in this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we said it is it is it is not that we pretend that uh, that Christ has not been born. Um, he has. We don't pretend that he's just being born into time this year. 
Um, but it, 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 the metaphor, I think, that is opened up for us is that we are called to let him be born in our lives, come into our lives again. Yeah. Over and over and over, right? It's 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 it never happens once um, for for us Catholics. We believe that uh, Christ enters into our lives over and over and over again, calling us to deeper and deeper and deeper conversion. And, and I think uh, that gospel on the third Sunday, which is actually from the Gospel of John, helps us reflect on that a little bit more. I mean, it's it's the story of uh, you know John the Baptist is crying out in the desert. Um, and, and certainly it recaptures the historical event of him calling people to repentance, to prepare themselves for the coming of the Messiah and, and whatnot. We're, we're asked to do that even today, every day, preparing yes. our heart, prepare the way so that the Lord can come in, just as you were saying, Todd. Um, that that's what we are being called to do. So sort of that maybe John the Baptist can be like Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder um, every day asking me, you know, <laughs> You know, prepare, prepare the way so that your heart is ready today, um, that Christ is born in your heart day it's, after it's, day. It's what we said earlier. This is New Year's, right? It's a brand new year, mm-hmm. so a brand, a brand, a brand new opportunity to watch for the ways that the Lord breaks into our lives every day. Yeah, yeah. There's so so many great uh, uh, pieces there. Um, what what is the collect for the third Sunday? Collect for the third Sunday. Give me one second here. Because, is, uh, because as, of the readings? Well, just as, as you're looking for it, uh, because it is uh, Gaudete Sunday. You know, right. it's the day we wear rose vestments. Um, and so there's that sort of mark in the season where we're looking, you know, toward the light, if you will. So there's a little joyful glimpse. The entrance antiphon, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. See, this is the third Sunday. We're getting closer and closer to the feast of of, of Christmas, uh, and 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 you, you hear that, you know, the Lord is near. He's nearer now than he was two weeks ago when we began this. And so here's the opening prayer for that third Sunday. Uh, oh, God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast mm-hmm. of the Lord's nativity, enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, which which connects, I think. I mean, maybe I'm making a stretch here, but even the psalm response, which is from the Gospel of Luke, it's it's the Magnificat, and the response is, "My soul rejoices in my God." So we rejoice in our waiting. Yeah, and and we we rejoice in the nearness of the celebration, the memorializing, and our participation again in the great the great mystery of the incarnation. And what I, I, the reason I'm, I'm stopping on the third Sunday so much is because I love all the readings and uh, because they just capture so much. So in that first reading from Isaiah, which is so powerful, and we, we've heard this, and Jesus later in the Gospels will quote this, but this is from Isaiah, where the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and release to prisoners. So, so relevant, um, that message, even today, all of these centuries later. Um, oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just so powerful. And then what Paul says to us in Thessalonians about rejoice always, pray without ceasing. I mean, I think that so summarizes basically what we've been talking about during the show, is we need to be praying, we need to be attentive, we need to be um, and, and offer ourselves as a sacrifice of joy, of praise, um, you know, to, to the living God. Yep. 
test everything, retain what is good as we wait, as we, as we long for his return, retain what is good, refrain from every kind of evil. The one who calls you is faithful. I love that. Yeah, it, it, again, I cannot stress enough I, just to invite you to, to pause this season and, and really just pray with these texts, pray with your children, pray with your, uh, your spouse, whatever, whoever it may be that's in your home, um, and really, really contemplate the images in these passages because they're so, so rich. They are. And, and we've, we've been talking an awful lot about the, um, the, the texts uh, of the and the readings of um, Sunday Mass during Advent, but Timothy, if you look at all the other elements of the season, the environment, the devotions, they they echo exactly what we've been saying, right? right. Um, the, the 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 Advent wreath. We, we we have to talk a little bit about the Advent wreath. It it, it is one of um, it is one of my most favorite home <laughs> devotions. What, say say a little more. What what makes it so uh, well, profound for you? Oh my gosh! At, so uh, the Advent wreath, as the days are getting shorter, and as the darkness becomes more, not just in the natural world, but sometimes that can feel that way in our own individual lives. Um, that the the darkness threatens to overcome us. In the midst of that, what do we do as a people? We gather around a wreath, and we light candles. And the greenery of that wreath even reminds us of, you know, it's a hopeful sign in the midst, especially in the northern hemisphere, a sign of, of hope and life in the midst of these dark winter days. Yep, yep. And, and, and each week we light another candle to chase more and more and more of the darkness away. Until until we get to Christmas, the feast of the light of the world coming in to, uh, into creation. Right, right. Well, let's, uh, let's pick it up there uh, when we come back from our break. Because Final break. Because these really, really great things that we're touching base on. Charity staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one -one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, trusted research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. A Catholic faith-based education enriches both your mind and your heart. Academic standards are strong, and so is the feeling of community. 
96% of our graduates go on to college. If you think a Catholic high school education is for you, keep these dates in mind. Registration is now open for the Catholic High School Entrance Exam, which will take place on Saturday, December 5th. Students should take the exam at the high school they hope to attend next year. For more information, log on to our website, schools.artschicago.org. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. And welcome back, everyone, to Focus on the Liturgy. I am Timothy Johnston, here with Todd Williamson. I'm in the studio today, and Todd is at home, so a little flipped um, in, in our, our social distancing today. <laughs> I'm the remote one. <laughs> That's right. And, and we've just had a great conversation um, uh, during our time this morning um, today on, um, on uh, Advent. So as we continue, uh, Todd, before the break, you were talking a little bit about the Advent wreath, which is a great, great symbol for families to have in their homes. Um, we certainly see them in our churches. Um, and, and I know for me growing up, that was always a really important uh, uh, thing to have in our house. Uh, you know, every night after dinner, we would gather and do a little devotional around the, the wreath, light the candle. Um, there was always a little prayer, a little scripture, um, just something simple to keep the rhythm going. You know, the the, uh, the U.S. bishops uh, in their um, collection, Catholic Household Blessings and Prayers, <clears throat> it's a just for the listeners, you can find it uh, from the USCCB. It, it's a great home resource of rituals and prayers that families, the domestic church, can do. And in there, they have a, a, an order of blessing for the Advent wreath at home. Um, I, 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 if, for our listeners, if you don't have the even if you live alone, uh, if you don't have the habit of um, having your own Advent wreath at home, Oh, just what a great way to mark the movement of the season. Every time as the lights, you know, grow in terms of their number, more and more lights are lit as we progress through these four weeks. Um, that interplay of light and darkness mm-hmm. is so key, right? So, yeah, definitely. If, uh, that, that would be something that I would encourage everyone to have. For sure. And do your best, you know, if you can, you know, go to Home Depot, go somewhere. Um, and, and ask for their, their shavings off the Christmas trees. That's what I always do every year. And get real greenery um, if you can. And oftentimes they'll give it to you, uh, you know, uh, because they're not going to do anything with it. But use real greenery. Have your kids build this wreath. Make it a, a catechetical opportunity. But oh, not, my gosh, yeah. But not only the wreath, there's other, there's so many other things. So two other things kind of come to my mind, Todd. And I don't know if, if these are things you've done um, growing up or, or even now, but the Jesse tree is one. Um, it's a great activity, especially if you have younger children, um, so they can create the ornaments. And it really takes symbols from the Old Testament and talks about salvation history and this uh, how we get uh, to understand Jesus as the Messiah. 
and, 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 and waiting for him to return. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's a great activity. And you can find lots of things online um, to help uh, with that. Uh, and, and again, it's a great teaching tool, a great introduction to those scripture stories um, and, and conversation starters at dinner or whatever it might be. And this is a perfect, perfect time. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is the Advent calendar. You know, we hear about this um, tradition, and, and jokingly, my siblings are always like, oh, well, I want the one from Costco or wherever that has the wine in it. But, um, I know, right? But, you know, LTP, for example, we publish a beautiful, beautiful Advent calendar. Um, the art was done by uh, Benedictine monk Martin Erspommer, and it, it's designed so that each day with your family, you open the door. And this could even be incorporated with the Advent wreath in some way. And it has a prayer, and I think there was, might be a scripture with that, but it gives you a reflection for every day of the Advent season um, to help you engage a little bit more intentionally. Hey, Timothy, it, 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 just in these last couple of minutes, we have to say something about the O Antiphon. Yes. <laughs> the, the O Antiphons, most of us know it as the, they are the verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, dating back from the 7th century. But um, they, they really are the, uh, each verse comes from the Antiphon for the Magnificat at evening prayer, um, or it can also be used as the uh, part of the gospel acclamation mm-hmm. um, at mass, but uh, from from seven days, this is this is kind of like one of the original uh, Christmas novenas. Um, they begin on December seventeenth, and and they continue until Christmas Eve. And you want you want to talk about a countdown to mm-hmm. the the feast of the nativity. Um, and, and Timothy, the one thing about if you if you look at the, those O antiphons, if you look at the verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, every single one of them is a prayer, and they they you know they use some of those um, some of those even those ornaments from the Jesse tree because they are ba- they're right. based on on, on ancient um, titles for the uh, for the Messiah, Jewish titles for the Messiah, King of David. Uh, you know, oh, wisdom, um, key of all nations, the, the, the uh, or keystone, um, and and light of all nations, and and using those titles, every single verse ends the same way. Come, oh, light of the nations, come and shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death. Oh, wisdom, come and enlighten your people. Every single one of them is a prayer for the Messiah to come. And that's that's what that's what ad that's what we've been talking about. Exactly, and what a great way to again incorporating that with your prayer around the Advent wreath on those particular days, or a way to start your meal prayer. Um, I mean, it's just again drawing these images into your life to contemplate them, and and really using them as prayer. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. I love and find recordings of them. I love to listen to them. Um, especially the the chant version, um, but but if you don't find recordings or you don't know those, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, or uh, My Soul in Stillness Waits um, is, is a great uh, option as well. That that sort of paraphrase um, these uh, these O antiphons, which are so so important. In the... I always encourage people to you know starting on December seventeenth, even if even if all you have are the um, words to the hymn, you yeah. a, pray a verse a day. From the 17th until the 20th, 23rd. Exactly, exactly. 
Some other, uh, just real quickly in our last few minutes here, just to identify, we don't have time to break them open uh, necessarily, but other things that, that people, um, that we do as a church during the uh, season of Advent is certainly we observe our national feast day, Immaculate Conception, on December 8th, and, of course, Our Lady Guadalupe, um, which is so important in so many of our parishes, not only here in Chicago, but throughout the country, um, That and that Christmas novena of the Posadas. Um, so uh, in the Filipino community, we have Simbangabi. I mean, so many, so many great traditions that have developed uh, around the world that are here present, even in our archdiocese. Um, and so I don't know how those will be celebrated this year with, with this pandemic and socially distanced, but they all help draw us into the very mystery of Christ, preparing us not only for his second coming, but the coming in our heart and the remembering of his coming in history. Without doubt. Without doubt, and, and those very things you just mentioned, you know, those are those are those are great examples of cultural novenas yes. of of counting down, right? Los Posadas and Zambangabi uh, from the Filipino uh, from the Filipino community. Those those are those are as well Christmas novenas, just like the. Uh, Orientophones are right, exactly. So a great, great way, um, you know. And, and if you're not familiar with them, look them up. Maybe incorporate them into your family, um, even if if maybe they aren't something you've grown up with or part of your culture. Uh, in that sense, learn about them so that we, as a church, can continue to grow in unity and celebrate one another's uh, devotional cultural experiences. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful gift. Okay, just to wrap up, Todd, I'm going to ask you to put you on the spot. Favorite Advent song? Ah, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Without doubt, my most favorite (laughs) Advent hymn. What about yours? Well, I have too many to choose from, so I'm going to give you two. Um, (laughs) So I have one for the first two weeks of the season, which is The King Shall Come When Morning Dawns, which is Mm. one of my favorite. I love the text. And in the last two weeks of Advent, my all-time favorite is People Look East. I yes. just love that. Uh, you can't get any better than people look east, the time is near. Uh, you know, and people are like, oh, you know, what is that song about? But there's so, again, some great images in there. I think Advent has some of the great, greatest hymnody um, of all, well, maybe outside of Easter. Um, but uh, I, I just think there's so many powerful texts that draw us into those Isaiah readings, draw us into the gospel readings. Um, they really are powerful. So again, as a family, sitting around that Advent wreath, pull up something on YouTube. Or if you have a missile at home, sing something and let that music also wash over you and, and inspire you and comfort you uh, as well yeah. Um, yeah. in this time. Oh, my gosh. The, uh, uh, how many people would think that, yeah, Advent does have its own collection of Advent hymns and carols? I, I might have shared this last year. I don't remember when we when we talked a little bit about Advent. But when I was working at Marquette University, um, you know, I'm pretty staunch about it. It's Advent, not Christmas. Um, right. And some right. people think I'm a Grinch because of that. I'm not at all. But uh, my my time uh, at at Marquette one year, we went Advent caroling on the feast of Saint Nicholas. And, and they're like, well, what are, you, what are we going to sing? Like, we don't know any Advent songs. And, and so I put this whole list together. And they're like, oh, we thought these were Christmas songs. And, and, and I was like, no, 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 we're going to. And so we walked around campus to buildings and the residence halls. And we gave out little prayer cards with St. Nicholas and candy canes. And we sang um, Advent songs. And uh, we had that a blast. <laughs> we had that a blast. That is just fantastic. <laughs> well, Todd, it's been a great, great time uh, chatting about Advent. And thank you, everyone, for joining us here on Focus on the Liturgy. Um, it, we hope that you have a wonderful, blessed Advent season and that God bless you and your family. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everyone. 
Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.